Hey, this is Bradley Weber, and I'm super pumped that you're joining us today. If you're a part of our Release City family, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you on our social media platforms at Release City Church or on our website at releasecitychurch.org. There, you can stay connected with what's happening within the ministry, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with other Release City family around the world. Now, I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you to run your race and become all that God is calling you to be. Now, let's jump into today's message. So, Bradley didn't know what I was preaching on today, so you're going you're gonna to catch a theme in, from the worship and, and from the video, so I'm not even going to tell you a fib about that one. He, he did know what I, was, what I was speaking on this weekend, so normally he doesn't, and it's, and it's confirmed through the Holy Spirit what I'm speaking on when I listen to the worship, and then I see the video, and I'm like, all right, this is, this is it. I nailed it. Um, the Father's in the house. The Father's in the house. Did you, did you hear that song? Check, check your shame at the door. So if you brought your shame in here, go back to the door and, and come back in. I'll, I'll give you a second to do that because it doesn't belong here. It doesn't belong here. I've never toiled with a message more than I've toiled with this one. I've never cried developing a message more than I've cried. It's okay for deputies to cry, right? It's all right. We're family, right? All right, just, just checking. i make sure I didn't need to put my... I'm here to tell you, I don't know how the delivery is going to be, but I can tell you that what's on this piece of paper is straight from the Father's heart. Because before I was saved, I was not an emotional person. And I was raised by an extremely hard man to cover that junk up and put it away because there's no time for it. When God gets in your heart, he'll soften that sucker and he'll make you genuine. And he'll make you a lover of people. Bring that, bring that screen up, please. How's that look this morning? See, I normally, for some reason, God, like, doesn't really clarify my messages until, like, Bradley's already out of town. Or he's already done all the, all the laying out, you know, for, for the word um, and for the, for the service on Sunday. So very rarely do I get to have a screen. So I, I gave him complete leeway on this. I actually knew because I toiled with it, and I'm about to tell you everything that's happened this week, and y'all are going to know, like, holy crap, this is what happens when, when you're pushing for God, when you're pushing for more, whenever you're in line with where you're supposed to be. The storms are coming. How many of you, I mean, there's a bunch of y'all in here that I know are fully aware of my history with air conditioners when I get ready to speak. Oh my gosh. Again, I'm telling you my hand is on this Bible. My air conditioner is not working right now. And I have to sleep when I go home because I got to work tonight. I worked last night. I cannot stand sleeping in a hot house. I told my wife, I said, if it's one degree above 75, when I get home, I'm going to the freaking Hilton in Gainesville. I'm not sleeping in a hot house. I won't be leaving this afternoon because I will hurt somebody tonight at work if I don't get no sleep. <laughs> so, how's that look? Seriously, look at the picture and look at, look at the title of the message. Think about the worship. 
in the video. We have an identity. And it's in Him. And our past doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter when we fall. Because He already knows we're going to fall. But what happened on the cross was enough for what we've done, for what we're doing, and for what we're going to do. Amen? Come on now. So Thursday, me and Sarah went to our primary care physician for the first time in like five years. I don't go to the doctor. I have to be dying. I don't take pain medication. I, I'm, this boy right here stays. I'm going back as close to the way that I came. Amen? Yeah, amen. So, <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So, of course, Dr. Winston says, Hey, Adam, how long has it been since you've had your labs done? Let me tell you all something about this, brother. I said, Doc, my blood type is IB positive. You know what that is? IB positive, you ain't touching me with no needle. Hold on, because it gets better. He said, well, how about this? Because I hadn't seen him in five years now, so I was showing him pictures of Bryson and of JC and, and Jenna, and I was showing him pictures of the house and, and everything. And so he already knew all of that stuff that's been happening why I hadn't been to the doctor in five years. And I'm, I'm just throwing that number out there. It's been multiple years, maybe longer than that. And he says, well, I got something for you. How about your babies calling somebody else Daddy. How about another man laying in bed with your wife in the house you built? I was like, take it. <laughs> that hit hard. I'm like, dang. So hold on, it gets better. So I get ready to go to work yesterday, day before yesterday. Well, Pastor B said last Sunday, if you need a break, you need a break. So I took full advantage of that, and I called my sergeant Sunday after, after work or after church, and I said, I'm going to be off Monday and Tuesday. i see you next weekend. He said, no, you ain't, because I'm taking off next weekend, so it's all you, boy, so enjoy your time off. And I was like, crap. Because <laughs> when Sarge is off and we're on night shift, Lieutenant Anderson's not out, and it all's on me. And I'm like, oh, God. And Cindy will be the first one to tell you all the dispatchers want to quit and all the deputies want to quit when they know Sergeant Houghton's gone because when Adam's running shift, and Sarah can tell you too, when Adam's running shift, craziness happens. Pursuits happen. Fights happen. Radios don't work. you got to scroll on the computer to see all the calls on the screen. And every time they call me, they're like, it's your fault. Every time they call me about something to, so I can help them, it's your fault. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I get in my car, turn the key. Battery's dead. I'm running shift. I can't leave the house. I'm like, crap. So luckily it jumped off and it worked. I guess a brand new car with 16,000 miles on it sitting for one week, the battery's graveyard dead. I knew when I hit my fob because when I hit my fob, it didn't do nothing. It wouldn't even unlock the doors for me. I'm like, crap. So all heck broke loose last night. We were so busy. This is all confirmation, guys, that this right here is what God has for you today. Sarah calls me at midnight last night, and she's like, I know you're busy. I'm like, what? She says, uh, it's 74 degrees in the house. I'm like, hmm. So once again, for those of you that don't know, and I kind of got ahead a minute ago, my air conditioner is also not working. 
So it has been a wonderful week leading up to this moment that I know is going to be life-changing for us. So the title of my message today is Hidden Away, because there's a cleft that our Lord and Savior has that we can get under, and we're in complete and full protection. Complete and full protection. So I'm going to actually hold my anchor verse until the end. Normally I give it to you guys right from the rip, but I'm going to hold it until the end because I don't want to spoil the beans, and it kind of encompasses everything that's going to be said this morning, and we're doing great on time. I'm going to get you guys out of here because i got to sleep. So Bradley introduced me to the Passion Translation. So if you guys have not read uh, some scriptures in the passage, uh, the Passion Translation, it is awesome. Um, and of course, I, I'm one of them kind, the Passion Translation, TPT. Um, I compared it, you know, because I'm a, I'm a New King James guy. I don't like the thighs and thous and those. I like talking like we talk today. Um, so I compared some of the scriptures, and man, just the, some of the more, the newer words that we use in the English language today is, is in these scriptures, and I just love the picture that it paints. So anyway, Colossians 3.3, 3, your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life, and now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. Amen? Galatians 2.20, and I'm going to hit you guys with some scripture today um, that is super duper powerful from the Apostle Paul. Galatians 2.20 says, My old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine, for the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me, dispensing his life into mine. Amen, amen. amen. So let me, let me take you all the way back, and, and we're going we're gonna to touch a, touch a couple key things, but we're going to stay on topic with being hidden away this morning. Um, I, like I said, I toiled with this message a lot, so I'm confident that everything that's in here is just right on time and in need for what we need as a house today, because I bet you there's not one person in here that if we're honest with ourselves, that this message is not extremely relevant for. So all the way back in Genesis 3, I'm not going to read you that scripture, I'll, I'll spare you that one. We read the story of the fall because of sin. Thanks, Eve. Leave it up to a woman. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. I got lots of mamas in this house. So... We know through that fall that we have been found guilty and that at that time we were sentenced to death. Amen? Amen? <laughs> but all hope is not lost. Because of Jesus' sacrifice, we have all been redeemed. In Romans 6.23, we read this statement, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's because of him. It's because of him that we don't have to suffer the death penalty as we rightfully should, as we deserve to, because we've all fallen short of the mark. We've all messed up, and some of us will continue to mess up, and he already knows that, and that is okay. And before I get really rolling in this message, let me, let me jump to the side for just a second. Don't think that anything I say up here is giving us permission to sin. Sin will destruct you. It will destruct your health. It will destruct your marriage. It will destruct your relationships. Sin will ultimately kill you. I am not saying anything in this message 
that, I'm, that God gives us permission to sin. Because some people that want to sin will tell you that some of these scriptures mean that we're able to sin and God's grace is good enough. That's not true. That's not true. So, because he paid the price and because of him, our sentence has been reversed. Hallelujah. We are no longer guilty through the blood of Christ. We have been set free. So that's one element to this message. So the, number, the second one is, so now that we know that our soul belongs to Christ, because I firmly believe that the majority, maybe all of us in here are, are believers because I have relationships with you guys. Um, so what are the devil's tactics? Because now that we're saved and now that our soul has been given to, to Christ and we are heaven bound, what's, what is the devil's game plan now? And, and I'm not one to focus too much on the devil, but I do believe that to some degree it benefits us as believers to know what the tactics of our enemy is and to know what's coming. Amen. Amen. Because all throughout the week this week, all it was for me was confirmation about what I was speaking on because I'm not moved by that stuff anymore. I, I'm, not, I'm not moved. Like This is like the 17,000th time my air conditioners quit working and every single time it's before I speak. So I'm like, thank you, devil. That's just confirmation that I'm on the right track. So when you hit a storm, you're on the right track. Just push through it. Don't be moved. So let's, let's take just a few moments and let's look at some of his tactics because he's playing for keeps. And he don't play PG. He plays unfair. The greatest mistake I believe we make that we can make with evil is to overestimate or underestimate its influence in our lives. We need to understand that it doesn't have ultimate power, but it, does, but it isn't powerless, okay? It's not powerless. Evil is active. Pastor Dennis, for those of you that sat under him, used to hear him say all the time, you're either pressing forwards towards Christ or you're slowly backsliding. There is no such thing as sitting still. If you think you're sitting still, you're really drifting away. Anybody ever been in a boat with a little bit of undertow? You can get far out there in just, in just a second or be on a boogie board and be chilling out there when there's a storm coming. It can, it can pull you out there with a second and you don't even realize how far you're out or how far down you've went. I about got lost when I was a little kid doing that and got way down from where my family was at and it was not cool. Maybe C.S. Lewis said it even better. He says, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope, the soft underfoot without sudden turnings, without big milestones, without signposts. I think the same can be applied to the Christian backslide, amen? In the, in the two years and eight months that I was building our home, I slowly but gradually let, let my priorities get screwed up. And I didn't realize it that, because he'll, he'll tell you, he'll t it's all right, just miss one Sunday, it's fine. It's no big deal. And I'm not saying that you can't miss a Sunday because if, it, if it's family, y'all know Pastor D was serious about that. If you've got family in town and you're going miss to a, miss a church service, family's first, okay? I mean, ultimately, obviously, God and your relationship with him is first, but it is okay to visit with family. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying when the enemy is the one in your ear saying, oh, you don't feel good today? Ah, just, just, just stay in the bed. It's all right. Because the next week he's got hell planned for you. And he knows that if you don't come in here and get fueled up, your tank is already on a quarter and you're going to run out of gas before next Sunday gets here. Tactic number one of the devil. I'm not qualified. I cannot tell you how serious of an issue him whispering in my ear whenever I get up here 
that I'm not qualified to do this. And to be honest with you, I ain't worthy. But guess what? What's coming out of this ain't from me. It's from him. So it doesn't matter. When, this flow, when, when I am not qualified flows in our hearts, the enemy is either trying to get us to look at our limitations or our qualifications. He's laying down the challenge that we cannot be the person that God wants us to be or accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. It is so important to remember that because God dwells in our hearts, we're not limited or unqualified to do anything. Since he is the God of the impossible and he lives in us, he then then even the most impossible situations become possible because he's doing the work through us. It's not us that's doing the work. It's him doing the work in us as long as we're surrendered and we're walking with him. But the devil won't tell you that. He'll say, you're not good enough. What'd you do last week? What'd you do last night? And that's why Paul said in, in, the, in the very common, um, very familiar scripture, I can do all things through who strengthens me. See, if the enemy can, believe, can get us to believe that we're not qualified, then, then that renders us ineffective. Because I don't know about you guys, but when I feel unqualified, I just want to get over in a dark corner, and I don't want to be seen. If I, if I know that I've, I've messed up, or my priorities are messed up, or I owe an apology to my wife for the way I acted or something that I said, I just, I just want to get over out the way. I don't want to be in the spotlight. I don't want to be up here on this platform speaking to you guys. So if he can convince us, because he, he knows that he doesn't have our soul anymore. We're, we're not losing our salvation. We're going to heaven. So his next biggest objective is to make us ineffective so that we're not helping others get where they need to be. God's presence in our life removes the limitations. It is his presence that makes us qualified. Satan wants to trick us into looking at our own ability alone. And that could be depressing for, for a lot of us. It is for me. I mean, my own ability... I don't, my own ability has no, has no room for being up here in front of you guys. None whatsoever. God wants us to lean into his ability because when God is for us, who can really stand against us? You ever think about that? I say it all the time up here. Who's your daddy? Like, who is our daddy? I already said the father is in the house. The king is here. So who can really stand against us? It seems different when we're out there because we're not in here amongst a bunch of believers building each other up and loving on each other. So it's easy to forget that, but he's still our daddy even out there in the dark places. He was still my daddy last night in Levy County when I had to scroll to see all the calls on the screen because there were so many domestics taking place at one time. I couldn't even keep track of them all and where we were going. He's still my daddy. And what's also very awesome is what he starts in us, he's going to bring it to completion. That was in one of the songs. So let's rest in his ability and not our own. Philippians 1.6 says, I pray with great faith for you, this is Paul, because I'm fully convinced that the one who began this gracious work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing you until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting ready for it more and more and more with the way our world is going. Come on, Jesus. Tactic number two, I am alone. You ever heard that before? You ever heard that before? <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a whisper in your ear from the evil one when we hit a hard place in life. You're alone. See, the, the goal is to isolate us. If he can isolate us, then we become vulnerable. 
I said it, I believe, in, in, in this message is so similar to Child of a King that I preached a couple Sundays ago. Um, when we're vulnerable, that's when we're easily attacked. Is that not when tigers and cheetahs and lions and all of those predators in Africa, is that not when they attack? Is when one is wounded or when one is, is, is away from the pack and he's vulnerable? That's what the devil wants us to be, is alone. So that he can isolate us and torment us mentally. Tell us how no good we are and how we're not worthy. Because he's trying to make us ineffective. Hebrews 4, 15, 16. He understands humanity. For as a man, our magnificent king priest was tempted in every way, just as we are, and conquered sin. So now we draw near freely and boldly to where grace is enthroned, to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. Amen? Is his grace sufficient in our weakness? He's God or he's not, right? Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10 says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is left alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. And I'm going to skip down just a little bit and hit this very end on, in verse 12. Though one may be overpowered by... Oh, hold on. Not that one. Yeah, that one. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not easily broken. Does everybody understand what that means? When we're together in here, guys, and our arms are linked, a threefold cord is not easily broken. That's God, that's you, that's me. A threefold cord braided together is not easily broken. So know this and hear this. Not only does God understand, but he has placed people around us who will too. In the hard moments of life, don't be afraid to look to God and the people that he's surrounded you with. We are not alone, and we are not alone in our struggle. Because that is what the enemy wants you to believe, is that you are alone. Tactic number three, discouragement. I'm no good. I'm not making a difference. I always mess up. What's the point? I might as well give up. Have we all been there? Can we all relate to that? I don't believe any of them messages are true. I don't believe any of those messages are from God, do you? Because in Ephesians 1, 4, and 6, it says, And in love he chose us before he laid the foundation of the universe. So before all of this was made, he chose us. Before, any, before we had anything to stand on, he chose his people first. Not the universe, not what we function in, not the city of which we live, but the people. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. How many of y'all know he doesn't just forgive, he forgets? You ever smeared blood? When you smear something with blood, you can't see something that's under it. It's gone. He doesn't just forgive, he forgets. I'll, I'll be the first one to confess to you. I'm not a very good forgetter, but he's blessed me to be a pretty good forgiver. So that's pretty awesome that our God not only forgives, but he forgets. Whenever it's under the blood, it's under the blood. The devil tries to pull that thing back up and remind us who we once were. God doesn't remember none of that. I believe that, that little transition video said something about your slate is clean. Your identity is in him. Your past doesn't matter. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children 
through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace. For the same love God has for his beloved Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. So when you're going through it, like I went through it this week, that brings God great pleasure because I wasn't moved. He doesn't want us to move. The best antidote to a lie is the truth. So I'm helping you today. He's helping us today through these scriptures to ground ourselves in truth and to understand the truth about ourselves that we are not perfect people and we are going to fail others. The only one that's never failed anybody was Jesus Christ, and we ain't him. We're in a pursuit to get there, but we're not him yet. Don't let it be a stumbling block when you fall short. Apologize, get back up, and move on. When you fall back into an, an old addiction or an old habit that used to bring you conviction, get right back up and go again. Because the enemy's going to tell you, you ain't worthy. There's no point in going back. You screwed up again? This is the hundredth time you've screwed up. You're done. You're checked out. You're done. God's done with you. Number four, it's all my fault. Self-pity. So if discouragement was left unchecked for you, the list goes on. Self-pity is discouragement on steroids. Self-pity chisels into stone what discouragement whispers. I'm proud of that one. I'm proud of that one. Self-pity chisels into stone what discouragement whispers. It tells us there is no out. That this is the way it will always be. That's what self-pity tells us. When we get in that self-pity, oh, pity me. Self-pity is dangerous because it moves us to the sidelines. Because if we start feeling sorry for ourselves, and it's all my fault, and this is the way it's always going to be, and I've always been a screw-up, and that's the way that it's going to continue to be, the devil doesn't have to do anything else with you. You're already checked out. You're already in the corner. You're already in the closet with the door closed and locked. Don't let him do that to you. Because the final thing that self-pity does to you is it steals your joy. And once your joy is stolen, what, what, what do people recognize in Christians in, in such a world that we live in today is that we're able to carry peace with us despite everything going around. Everything going on. We carry a peace and a joy with us that comes from Him. It says a peace that surpasses all understanding. Do not let Him get you into a place of self-pity. It's, it's a perfect, effective strategy that counters the gospel. The gospel. How do people summarize the gospel? The good news, right? If He can get us into a place of self-pity, that, that's the perfect opposition for the gospel. The thought of a Christian feeling worthless is a lie from no one other than the devil. He's been a liar from the beginning, and he's trying to stop us from doing God's will in our life. Get back up and go again. I got one for the leaders in the house. The last tactic of the devil. This is for the leaders in the house and for, for all of us, because if you're not there, you'll get to this point. Number five is arrogance. Arrogance can creep in so easily amongst church leaders, especially in such a house as this one where there's momentum and we're moving forward. There's two primary ways that a Christian succumbs to arrogance. Success and the false definition of maturity. 
I was so interested when I come across the scripture of what Paul says about maturity. I'll get to that in just a second. Let's start with the first one. Success. The most difficult test of your character is not failure. It's success. And God knows that. And when I'm up here doing tithes, that's what I try to tell you guys. It's easy to tithe when you're being blessed. It ain't easy to tithe when you're going through a financial storm. But see, God knows what we can handle, and he knows how much that he can bless us with and what we can handle without drifting away from him. And he's not going to give you any more than what you can handle. So the more we raise that ceiling up, the more he can give us and bless us with so that we can disseminate it to others and be a blessing. Here's why success is the hardest. It's pretty easy, easy to be humble when you're failing. But it's far too easy to take the credit when everything's going well. Who am I preaching to this morning? As a result, leaders of growing churches and ministries almost always have a daily fight with arrogance. Or at least hopefully there's a fight because if there isn't, arrogance is winning. The goal of Christian leadership, after all, is not to get people to follow us, but to get people to follow Christ. If the battle against pride isn't daily, pride's winning. A second day, a second way that arrogance creeps in is when Christians falsely characterize Christian maturity as knowledge. The more we know, the more mature we are, right? The harder we are for the devil to get to. Scripture suggests that a, that's a false test. Paul points it out like this. Knowledge puffs. Love builds up. Knowledge puffs up. Love builds up. Knowledge makes us arrogant, but love fosters humility. Y'all know the scripture? Pride, pride cometh before a fall? Knowledge makes us arrogant. Love fosters humility. As leaders, we need to be transformed daily by love and humility. When we do that, we resist the devil. Because as a leader in the church, leaders, in, leaders of any house, your home, your church, your workplace, a leader can lead you or he can lead you who you hanging with. Come on now. All right, so we know that our soul is saved, and now we've went over five tactics of the enemy and what he wants us to believe and the deceit that lies there and the lies that lie there. So we're good, right? Our soul's saved. We know the tactics of the enemy, so we can counter that. Well, let's see what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 7, 21 through 25. Through my experience of this principle, I discover that even when I want to do good, evil is ready to sabotage me. Truly, deep within my identity, I love to do what pleases God. But I discern another power operating in my humanity, waging a war against the moral principles of my conscience and bringing me into captivity as a prisoner to the law of sin, this unwelcome intruder in my humanity. What an agonizing situation I am in. So who has the power to rescue this miserable man from the unwelcome intruder of sin and death? I give all thanks to God, for his mighty power has finally provided a way out through Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. So if left to myself, 
The flesh is aligned with the law of the sin, but now my renewed mind is fixed on and submitted to God's righteous principles. So even though we're saved and we're going to heaven and we understand the tactics of the enemy, Paul understood that all too well because he was once a Christian killer. So if that gives you any encouragement here today, Paul was a Christian killer. Do you not think the devil told him over and over and over again, you killed God's believers. But yet, he's one of the most predominant figures in the New Testament of the Bible. Does that give you any hope at all? That you're worthy. I don't know of anybody in here. And I hope you haven't killed any Christians. So if he qualifies, I'm qualified. And you're qualified. So even though understanding all those things and being in Paul's place, he still says, there's evil ready to sabotage me. This unwelcome intruder in my humanity. As, as aligned with Christ as Paul was, the enemy still never gave up on Paul. It doesn't matter how hard we chase God and how, how wrapped up in God we get and how hard we try to push to follow him. The evil, the evil one, the intruder of your humanity is never going to give up on you. He is never going to give up trying to make you feel like you're not qualified, like you're alone, like you're discouraged, like you're a failure. He's never going to give up as you, as you pursue Christ. He's never going to give up trying to make you arrogant. I think I said it to you a couple Sundays ago. It's like water dripping on concrete at the old Chiefland Elementary School where it's hit that concrete for 25 years. There's a hole in the concrete. That's the devil right there. He's never going to give up pounding on you. Paul is expressing his hatred for the sinful nature which continues to war against his new nature in Christ. Paul hates the sin he commits, but he's so thankful because he's been set free from slavery to sin. Because how many of you know Jesus fulfilled the law? See, the law of the Old Testament was weakened because we, we don't have the capability of being perfect. Okay, we don't have the capability of fulfilling the law. But when he came, he fulfilled the law and completed the law so that we can live under grace. His grace is sufficient. In my weakness. He now has the ability to do what is good because Christ has delivered him. In closing. Anchor scripture for today. Y'all ready? Romans 8, 1 through 3, the Passion Translation. So now the case is closed. This is Paul speaking still. So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. That's powerful. Yet God sent his son in human form to identify with human weakness. Clothed with humanity, God's son gave his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and the power of sin. Did you catch that? God himself condemned the guilt and power of sin. And I'm going to say it again. I'm not giving you permission to sin. I'm not saying that we should go out there and sin when we know it's a sin and we make the choice to sin. I'm not saying that. But we don't have to live in condemnation. We don't have to live feeling like we're not qualified. 
We don't have to live feeling like we're alone and that nobody understands. We don't have to live and feel discouraged that we're not good enough. God condemned the guilt of power and sin once and for all. Once and for all. Sin lost its power through the cross. Sin lost its power through the cross. Because I don't know about y'all, but I'm not a perfect person. And I'm going to mess up tomorrow. I might mess up tonight. But I'm definitely going to mess up sometime this week. It was all covered in the cross. It was all covered. Stay effective. See, all that matters is that we get up one more time than what we fall. If we fall 999 times, but we get up a thousand times, we're still up one. That man that was in that screen over here, he was hidden in a cliff that I mentioned at the beginning of my message. He was hidden under God's cliff because as long as we're under his wing and as long as we're in his will and where we're supposed to be, because it's, it's on purpose that you're here today. It's on purpose that you're hearing this message. You could have overslept this morning. You could have been sick this morning. You could have gotten in a car crash this morning and not been here. It's on purpose that you're here hearing this message. Don't be discouraged. Don't become ineffective. The power of the cross was enough for all of us. We were purchased with a price. It was a high price. A high price. You ever watch The Passion of the Christ? If you haven't or you haven't in a while, I encourage you to do that. You want to you come back from being backslidden and watch The Passion of the Christ and just see the image. And it wasn't even as bad as it was in real life. But it's horrible to lay there and watch that movie and watch what our Savior went for, went through for us. It is horrible to be beaten beyond recognition. I probably shouldn't say this. I went in a house. Michelle knows I talked to her. I went in a house and a man had been dead in his house since mid-September. And he was still recognizable. I was still able to identify him from his driver's license photo. It says Christ was beaten beyond recognition. If you can be dead for months in a hot house without power, and still I can say, yep, that's him. How bad was Christ beaten for us? Don't let the enemy make you feel guilty about our shortcomings. I'm not giving you permission to sin, but when you fall down, get back up. God brought Jesus to die for us. He loves us. He's near to us. He encourages us. He loves to listen to us and answer our prayers. He has a plan for us. He knows our name. Every single thing about us, the hairs on our head, he knows us. It says, before you were in the womb, I knew you and I formed you. He was thinking about each one of us on the cross. And he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. And we don't have to live under the condemnation that the enemy wants to put in our heads. We don't have to live in that situation because of that jump. Because of the cross. Nothing, not even the powers of hell can separate us from his love. Nothing. If you're here today and you say, brother, I'm saved. I've given my heart to Christ. But the accuser, the evil one, has been beating the hell out of me. I want you to come to the altar right now so you can be prayed over. Or maybe you say, I've forgotten or I didn't know that my life 
has been hidden away in Christ. Or I've been feeling lonely that I'm not worthy. Come to the front with me and join me right now because I'm with you. I'm not just, I'm not just giving this message to you guys. This is for me because I've fallen short and I've heard all of those lies from the enemy. I've heard every one of them. Or lastly, maybe you say, brother, I've been feeling condemned about my recent slip-ups and I need to be set free and I need to know that I'm hidden away in my Savior. Come up here and join us right now. If he can make us ineffective, we have, we have no chance of helping those that need to see him. No chance. Brother Paul, you mind coming and praying over our family? If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media or head over to our website at releasecitychurch.org and click on the giving link and help us to continue to share the message of Jesus and his hope with the world. God bless you. Have an awesome week.